You know what's cool? Podcasts. You know what's not cool? No podcasts. Check out all the podcasts over here at blindknowledge.com. This podcast you're listening to right now is a featured Blind Knowledge podcast. wonderful people out there in internet land and welcome back to another very special episode of spears on point i am your host tony spears and this is the show where we take the thing that i love to talk about the most which is video games we shove that to the side shelve it completely and talk about just about everything else and so today i have a very special guest on here someone that i have I've interacted with over the uh, the internet space for quite some time. Uh, gotten to know her through various streams and things like that. And honestly, just someone that I genuinely enjoy the content that they make and the community that they have that they have fostered in that little corner of the internet that we like to call Twitch. And so, without any further ado, it is my uh, pleasure to introduce this episode's guest. The lovely Lobrilla. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I honestly you're you are on one of my you are on my short list of like this is someone I have to talk to about these things. Because for the you know, for all of the like like very wide range of content that you make, everything from like like your your Street Fighter and Chill is probably one of my favorites because you're literally just sitting there just BSing with people while you're just doing Chung Li combos and you're just like do 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 like just flipping back and forth. The uh the the torrid love affair between Chung Li and Blanca a couple days ago was pretty funny. You're just like, no, Blanca, no, back off, please don't try and electrocute me. But um, you know, and then like your your RPG runs and stuff like that are always fun to watch. A lot of the stuff that you do on Twitch is just it's it's what I like to call uh, like e- like easy easy viewing when it comes to to streams and stuff because it's something that I can just like put on and I can be watching and like doing something else and then I can interact and kind of go back to what I'm doing. It's not it's not something that's like demanding your attention, but you want to come back to it because you're like, wait, who said what in chat? And it's usually like Earth Sunder saying something <laughs> completely off the wall, and you're just like, wait, now I must respond. But um. But it's always one of my favorite uh, streams to to uh, tune into for sure. But one of the reasons why you're on my shortlist is because periodically you talk about like you know what you do outside of Twitch and everything. And so I I've, I've always been curious about like what it is you actually do as far as like f- like for a job and like considering 
like a profession, how that leads you down the path to like one day being like, you know what? I think I'm going to like play games on the internet. And then, you know, the community that you foster <laughs> there, they're on. So I guess what I want to start with is, uh, oh, really? What, what do you do for a living? Well, sadly, you caught me right after it's more like, what did you do for a living? I'm sort of in between stuff right now, but that's all right. It's all right. (laughs) I'll talk about what I did do, because that's actually a a thing. I never talk about the industry I'm in while I'm in it to any sort of specificity, just because, you know. Yeah. I mean, you you don't want to make it too easy for people, right? So (laughs) um, for a long time, I always sort of danced around that issue. But no, I was a lead manufacturing technician in a THC lab for a long time. Wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So how... So, I mean, obviously you have some type of like education to, you know, to get you into that field. So like, did you like, where did you go to college? Did you like, like, like does one just like subscribe to something online to get the, the, the certifications and like specific knowledge in order to do that kind of job or. Well, luckily in this case, I, I sort of uh, learned my way in, so to speak. But what I did have before that point was a rich history in manufacturing in general. Like I've made battery packs, I've made uh, rescue vests for uh, you know uh, police officers and other personnel. I've made uh, gun holsters, uh, just all kinds of stuff here. And then it slowly led my way into medical marijuana. Wow. That's, that is interesting. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how like a lot of people I talk to, I've been in the same, I've been in the same job for a very long time. So when I talk mm-hmm. to people that have been bouncing between careers and stuff like that, it's always funny when they're like, yeah, you know, I started out, uh, I was an underwater welder for a long time. And then, you know, one day I just decided I want to make jewelry. So I, and I'm just like, how, how do you like, <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't actually those two. I've known a guy that was an underwater welder and I knew a guy that mm-hmm. made jewelry as a hobby, but like, it would not, it would not surprise me if at some point those two could intersect in some way. But so that is absolutely crazy. So then, well, I think the creative mind that sends somebody out to do something like welding, which I, I know like, okay, it, it's a labor field, but Welding can be very creative. You, know, you can make a lot of amazing stuff if you are a good welder. So I would definitely see the skills that would lead somebody into something like welding would also, you know, for, for a, a creative thing like jewelry making or. No, I, else. Oh, no, I, 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 sure. de- I definitely agree. It's just, yeah. it, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the welding. Cause like I've seen those, I've seen posts on Reddit and I've seen videos on YouTube mm-hmm. of people being like, check out this perfect weld. And it really is like, like it's the way like the lines are spaced out and stuff. And there's like a flow to it and everything. And, and even as mm-hmm. someone who has no idea how to weld, I'm just looking there and be like, wow, that is really good. And then you see like a really bad weld and you're like, that looks like ass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, there is, there is an art form to this. There's a reason why someone is like, you know, there's like, you know, apprentice and journeyman and like, I guess like master level welders. Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always been curious if people that are like, you know, like a master tradesmen ever refer to themselves as that in public you know it's like i'm a master carpenter it's like really it's like so you're level 100 in carpentry good job my man <laughs> that's good stuff i i applaud i applaud your woodworking skills so wait a minute how many books did it take how many logs of wood did you cut like you know we, we <laughs> yeah. want to see the xp breakdown right here before no <laughs> yeah no, no no i need to know how to min max this how long did it take you 
that's always the thing too. Whenever I think of someone being like, oh, you know, I, I spent uh, like this much time, you know, doing this thing. And now, you know, the whole 10,000 10, hour rule, mm-hmm. like for any skill or whatever. And I always think of like, oh yeah, 10,000 hours. And I always think of how like you just make a million iron, uh, uh, iron daggers to max out your smithing in Skyrim. <laughs> just like, yep, all these, just got all this iron, just throwing this stuff around. If only it was that easy, just sitting there and just the same thing over and over again. And one day you just have like uh, uh, a aha moment. So, wow. So everything from yes. ba- like battery packs to holsters and the whole nine. So like, mm-hmm. so you're, so you have a pretty good, you have a pretty good understanding of like the manufacturing fields and stuff like that. And that's, and honestly, that's something that I have always been interested in because there's only so many episodes of how it's made. You can watch before you're like, no, nah, there's something going on back here. But, um, so then what, like what led you into eventually coming to, to Twitch to, you know, to, to stream and to create content? Like, what was that breakdown of like one day you're just like, nope, I'm going to do this. So I've always loved video games. First off, I I think if you're on Twitch and and you're a video gamer, I know they have music and other stuff as well. Um, the love of the hobby is usually the first draw. Like, um, once I discovered that Twitch was a thing, I mostly stopped watching a lot of other media. I like having video games in the background, and as a retro person, I love to have the games that I loved growing up in the background and seeing somebody either discover it for new or break it down or speedrun it or whatever it is they're doing. It's, I just think that Twitch is a neat, neat platform for pulling people together with these hobbies. So um, once I knew what streaming was and I started watching more, I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of started looking at it like from a goal perspective, right? Because I like to look at things for... Um, I'm going to go into it for X reason, and this is why I'm doing it. And then if Y reason happens, like, oh, hey, that's great, you know? So when I looked at streaming, when I first started, I was an RPG streamer. um, And there were a couple of reasons for that. But one of them was that there was a lot of games I wanted to beat again. And there's a lot of games I wanted to beat at all because I missed them. Um, So RPGs were great. I could pick a game. I could share my love for it, you know, do the voices. Cause that was the other part when I was first got onto Twitch, you know, <laughs> you have to come over this hump of, you have to talk, yeah. you know, some people can get away with not talking on Twitch, but you know, I, 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 I want to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. I come at this from a comedy entertainment standpoint. So I'm like, okay, I got to talk. So RPGs were also a way I could sort of like feel my way in because there's dialogue. <laughs> yeah. And and if you want to have any type of nuance to it, you know, you're going to put some inflection on different characters. Mm-hmm. Everyone adds their own set, their own version of the Joker when they're, you know, uh, when they're voicing uh, Kefka from Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. You know, everyone likes to do the mad, the mad jester thing. So no, it's fun because there are so many characters you can really like pull into. And then yeah. when you're streaming, <laughs> you said that's when you make it your own. Yeah, I, I mean, and and you do you do that a lot. Like one of the things that I I distinctly remember watching and thought was real fun was when you were playing Dragon Age Origins, and you were really like you were really trying to do like the personification of the character, like going through and playing and like having dialogues with your NPCs outside of normal NPC dialogue, you know. And it it it's fun to watch because it it is a it is in its own way a view into the personality of the, of the content creator. You know what I mean? And that's 
one of the things that I feel like fosters that community and those people that stick around and come back is, you know, not only do they like the con the games you're playing and mm-hmm. the person playing and stuff, but it's also like, you know, like the, 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 the vibe, the entertainment factor that that person can put out. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like in a lot of ways you, you hit that in, in spades. Like there are definitely times when, especially when you like are knee deep in an RPG and you're, you know, you're doing the individual lines for everybody and like you're doing different voices and stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, like there's, there's a whole lot of effort going into this. <laughs> but so, so one of the questions I, I have been meaning to ask you for a long time is like, when, when you came at it from a, like an entertainment and like comedy perspective, was that ever something that you wanted to pursue like outside of streaming? Like, was there ever that moment during your day job where you're like, you know what, I could, I could probably be a comedian or like maybe like maybe an actor, maybe a writer. Cause you, you, you strike me as a very creative person, a very like, you know, pardon the phrase, right brain person. Like, was there ever a, a want to do that besides content creation on Twitch? Honestly, yeah, uh, quite a bit of my life, honestly, has been trying to find a niche where I could um, fill that sort of role. I can remember being like in middle school or being a teenager and um, saying like, I want to make people laugh. Like that's that's kind of always where I wanted to go. And I actually have a degree in English and my intention was always to be a writer. But, you know, writing can be lonely. And (laughs) yes. I don't know. There's something. There, there also became something really drawing about this sort of medium. It's very personal, you know. Talk to people, and I still want to finish my book. It's not like on the back burner forever. But I guess I just found other ways to express my creativity over time. Yeah, and I found myself more drawn to those. And as far as stand-up comedy, I would have absolutely done that. It's just for whatever reason, I didn't. I don't know. Something needs to enter your head to go, this is a thing I can do and be successful at. And for whatever reason, that never, like, I never had a moment that pushed me towards, I'm going to go do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Twitch, I did. And I think it's the video games. It's the love of, you know, that helps bring it together. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something that, like, is kind of that common ground for a lot of creatives when you look at Twitch. Like, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of people do music on Twitch. Other people, you know, there's a lot of other, uh, a lot of other platforms people use, but like for the most part, it's mostly, uh, it's mostly video games and because it's such a, it's such a common ground and it's so, uh, oh, bless you. And it's, um, it's also like so diverse. You know I mean? There's so many different types of video games, like, and like you said, you started out as an, as an RPG streamer and everything like, like, what was that list of like in your head, that list of RPGs that you want to like get through in that first batch. Well, let me think back. The first one I I played was Final Fantasy VII um, because Final Fantasy VII has always had a very special place in my heart. I, you know, got the PlayStation for Christmas and I got Final Fantasy VII and I spent the whole Christmas break that year playing it. I remember it was one of the first fan communities I ever joined um, I just 
fell into it and loved so much about it. And of course, I played eight, nine, and so on and so forth. And also, Final Fantasy IV really was um, a pivotal game for me when I was a child. So that series meant a lot to me. But it wasn't just Final Fantasy. Like, I loved Sui Koden. I loved Breath of Fire. I loved um, a lot of these other games. And it was fun to, to revisit a lot of that. And then, of course, also I played some new stuff. But um, that that's sort of the the ones that I always just like. Mm, I want I want to play these. Yeah. See, as a kid, it and that's the other fun thing about it too is like as a kid, I never really played those, like those games. I I mean, I played Final Fantasy VII because it was the first game I recall there being like a really big like marketing campaign as far as Final <laughs> Fantasy is, is concerned. Like I remember seeing commercials right, for it as a right. kid and being like, that looks rad. Mm. But as far as other RPGs, like I know a lot, a lot of my friends were like, "Yeah, man, Suikoden rocks," and I'm like, "I never played Suikoden." And then, like you said, it's like mm -hmm. Breath of Fire, and it's like, "I never played that either." And they're like, well, "What did you play?" And I was like, "A whole lot of Legend of Zelda," and um, there was some some other random stuff in there too. But like RPGs mm -hmm. kind of like flew under my radar, you know, for like the the SNES and like the early PlayStation. So when I see, you know, when I come to like places like your channel and I see you playing these games, I'm like, oh man, not only is this entertaining, but it's educational because I have not played this <laughs> game before. And so like a lot of times watching, like watching you play through an RPG is like my first time experiencing it as well, which I know I'm not alone in that. And that's another great thing about it too, is you, you know, it's not only a first time for you maybe, but it's also probably mm -hmm. a first time for someone in your audience and they're like, Oh snap, I didn't know this thing. <laughs> so that's, and, and that's always a fun interaction to have, you know? Oh no, for sure. Um, that's one of the things I love best is, uh, really being to connect with people over, over these shared interests and introducing people to things that I've always loved. So then the next question I have to ask is when I look at elements of your stream, there's a whole lot of different influences going on in there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and one of the big ones is, uh, is GI Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, the Baroness, uh, features prominently in a lot of your notifications. And I, I have to ask what is like, what is the, the tie to GI Joe? I, cause I mean, like, I, I imagine you're in the age demographic to where you might've watched GI Joe as a kid, but like, I did, it, I did. was there something about the Baroness where you're like, that's a bad bitch. And you're just like, like really I mean, into the character. <laughs> that's part of it. The Baroness is a bad bitch. But here's the thing. Like my natural hair color is darker than this. Mm. And it was always down the middle. And I wear the same style. I literally. It's a really. Look it, at her yeah. and look at my old look. I look just like her. That's That was part of it is you get like, oh, you look like, you know, you hear that. And so, yeah, I'm going to look into it. And, yeah, she's a badass bitch. So that helps. So, so it was a, it was a, a combination of her attitude. Plus you're like, wait a minute, this cosplay is easily, is easily made for me. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it, awesome. It's kind of fun to see a cartoon character that looks similar to you. You know, it's like, oh, Hey, that's cool. You know? No, I mean, that's why I, I've always been a big fan of Ed, Ed and Eddie. Cause like the square shaped heads, I was like, that's me. I get it now. Oh my gosh. I feel seen. There you go. <laughs> So oh, that's beautiful. So another one, uh, another big influence is so there's a lot of anime mm -hmm. influence in your stream, and I brought this up before the stream, but I I have to know one of your uh, I think once a channel point redemption or maybe it's bits I can't remember. One of the notifications is uh, is the famous 
get in the goddamn robot Shinji face uh, <laughs> from Evangelion. And so my my question is, aside from, you know, the, the journey that leads to Twitch and, and all the great content that you have there, I always love talking to anime with people. Mm-hmm. So... Like, give me, give me your short list. I, mean, I hate to put you on the spot like this, but your short list, top five, like all time, just like could watch it any day anime. That is tough. Um, I always say Trigun. Trigun's <sighs> probably still to this day my number one in my heart and soul. My daughter's currently I watching it at my behest and she loves it. Love Trigun. Um, I love how the genre almost switches you know it's just just yeah. amazing i won't say much more than that but <laughs> trigun's always like really high up on that list um i will say the dragon ball franchise is is pretty high up there because like i remember watching dragon ball when i was young and then when i was a teenager it was all toonami and i really got into dragon ball z and i was so into it and they weren't releasing anymore for a while because of that whole you know, I don't know reasons, yeah. Yeah. and I wound up watching it all in Japanese instead because I just had to watch it. So there's no way that isn't going to be high up there on the list. Oh yeah. man! I think Dragon Ball Z was a gateway anime for a lot of people, and also oh, I yes, we really took Toonami for granted. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, I was like, "Wait, you mean it's just a block of anime after school?" We didn't know how good we had <laughs> oh, it, man. Yes, I love Toonami. Um. And for that matter, I have to put Sailor Moon kind of in the same... They're just pillars, you know? I yeah. watched them so many times. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then I'm just going to round out the list by throwing in um, probably Fate Zero, but the the whole Fate Stay Night, uh, Fate Stay Night, Fate Zero, and Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade works. I still need to watch Heaven's Feel, but uh, that, those really good um also then, also starring another uh predominantly bad bitch in saber saber yes. saber is one of those characters where every single time i'm just like oh yes the queen has arrived all right so most people didn't know this at the old house i had a wall scroll of saber just like in the field with like the arrows and everything and all oh, that just nice. like over out of shot above my, and I, I could look up and be like, yes. <laughs> Having a, you come back from work, you just, this is tired down day and you look up and you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do this. We got this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. And so what, so what's the last one? Good. Oh, last one. Oh man. That's, mm, I'm going to say maybe, um, Maybe fruits baskets. I don't know. That that sort of has like the harem-y, uh weirdness that I love about anime. And I think of all <laughs> of those of that genre, that's the one that's coming like the highest, though it certainly isn't the only one that could be up there. No, for like, sure. There's something fun about those old school, like the doofus person and the 18 beautifully attractive, amazing people <laughs> vying for their, I don't know. And not that fruits baskets is quite like that. It's a much more like, you know, there's family drama and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. There's a, there's a but lot of elements to that. Anime. that. But, but you know what I mean? It's sort of in, it's what I love about those sorts of anime or even like Utena's in the same ballpark where they take something like that and they either make it really serious and dramatic and deal with like serious situations and stuff. I think that's dope too. 
you know, no, sort of playing and bending the genres. No, I, I, and I definitely agree with you about, about Fruits Basket. It's funny because like my daughter also loves that anime. I've, <laughs> I have basically been doing this thing where like, like my kids watch a lot of different anime. My son is very much into Dr. Stone and, um, and my daughter has just been like, kind of like bouncing between different shows. We have ones that we've watched together. Like, well, it's not really an anime, but we're currently running through all of Steven universe together right now. Mm-hmm. And my son's watched all of it. I've watched all of it. My daughter has not. And so like every episode, she's just like, Oh my God, I love this family so much. And I was like, I know they're the best, aren't they? But so she's also been bouncing back and forth between different anime and I'll mm-hmm. just like shoot random suggestions to her. And uh, she always gives me crap because she's like, dad, all your anime, all your favorite anime are old. And I'm like, well, wh- one, I'm old. Two, yeah. some of the best anime was made between 1993 and 2002. It's not my fault. <laughs> but uh, I say similar things. I understand <laughs> as old school anime fans. Like, Yeah, exactly right. You're sitting here like, well, actually... But it, it's funny though because like uh, like you, you say like Trigun, uh, like I said, she's currently mm-hmm. going through that and she's getting to, like you said, uh, she's getting to that change in the mood. Mm-hmm. And she was like, mm-hmm. "This is getting really serious. I don't like that. This is getting serious." And I'm like, "Sweetheart, a lot of these anime do that." And like she finished uh, Cowboy Bebop recently, and that just mm-hmm. devastated her. And I, and I'm just like, all right, kid. Like, if you want any more of these recommendations, just understand some of this stuff is gonna like make you question things, or by the end of it, you're just gonna be emotionally spent. Like, the '90s were heavy, dude. And she's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I just want to go back and watch My Hero, which is getting, you know, serious in its own way now at this mm-hmm. point, you know. And it's just, it's funny how like there's, it seems like there's been a major evolution in anime over the years where like a lot of the stuff that like you and I grew up with, like, you know, like Sailor Moon is like the classic magical girl anime, right? Yes. And it has, it laid the foundation for so many other anime of that, uh, you know, of that genre to fall into that trope and everything. And when you have kids that are into like the more modern stuff and you're like, well, go back and watch Sailor Moon. And then they go back and watch it and they're just like, oh my God, this show is amazing. And I'm like, I am aware. You're welcome. Please enjoy. Also, yes, Sailor Mars is the best. You know, you're just like, you know, it's it's funny watching that evolution, though. But it's also nice to be like, go back and watch some of the old ones, you know? Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, every now and then I like the, the pop in something that I remember. It's it's just nice. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Fruit Baskets and harem anime, though, because for the longest time I was like, I don't like harem anime. And then my cousin and I were, were discussing anime and I was like, oh, man, I love I love the Tenchi, uh, the Tenchi Moyu series. And he was oh, like, I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> and he was like, dude, that's a harem. I'm like, no, it's not. And he's like, it's one dude. There's like six chicks and there's an intergalactic space war. And he was like, if you take away the space war, it's a dude and six chicks. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so I that one had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, they okie doked me with the space swords and the, and the cute cat that turns into a spaceship. <laughs> But well, yeah. they always get you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always the, the cute cats. Trigun did the cat to me. That's one of the first things. <laughs> that's one of the first things my daughter did. She was like, did they make a plushie of that cat? And I'm like, come on, kid. You know they do. And sure enough, she bought it. <laughs> it's up in her room now. And she was like, I love this stupid cat. I'm like, yes, it is an amazing cat. So, okay. <laughs> so we've we've covered a lot of ground in uh, in the things that make, that make Lobrilla Lobrilla. Now, the other question I have to ask is, and I think I might have asked you this like way early when I first found your channel and stuff like that, but where did the name Lobrilla come from 
like for your inter- like for your Twitch handle. Like obviously my Twitch handle is not my name, though a lot of people mm-hmm. on the internet know my name. And if you don't want if it has anything to do with your name and you don't want to disclose that, that's perfectly fine. But like was it just like a nickname, like an alliteration to just like like hit a scrabble bobble a couple times and that came out? Like how'd it go? All right, so one of my other prevailing hobbies throughout most of my life has been Dungeons and Dragons. I've basically been playing tabletop roleplay since I was 16. So nice. Lobrilla is actually uh, a name I often would use for female dwarves. It is a dwarf name, so fantasy dwarf name. So yeah, it kind of stuck with me because it is also a little similar to my actual real name. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it just seemed like the one that naturally sort of stuck, so... That's interesting. I did not. I did not take it for dwarvish. Now that I'm, but now that I'm thinking about the, the the incredibly fictional genealogy here, it does kind of make sense, though. Well, so, would you take the fictional genealogy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I am something of a nameologist, but uh, so, so then, so like, when did you first start? Like, did you start in like three point five or like before that? Like. That like again, you. I think you and I are in similar age ranges. Like I don't, pers- I don't exactly foresee you being someone that played before 3.0. Oh really? Because uh, I actually first played uh, at a then boyfriend's house, and his parents had first edition books, and we played first edition. Oh, yep. Jeez. I started with number one. Wow. Hmm. That's a, uh, that yeah, that is a brave. A very brave way at the at the age of sixteen to be like, wait, wait a minute, you're saying there's rules to this, and then, God, in those yeah, having to figure it all out. I, I remember it being I, I had to scratch paper next to me because of all the armor. <laughs> it it's funny to think of like how, like over the course of time, like tabletop role play has gone, in like, like th- there was a while where it went from like pretty simplistic to like very rules and stats heavy with like 3.5 which is which is like where i started out and i was just like man D's exhausting like mentally like <laughs> mentally exhausting it was like it was. <laughs> yeah like a combat encounter could take you three hours like i just remember being like wait hold on we're in combat hold on i gotta go make something to eat i'll be right back like just go roll initiative i'll be back but um <laughs> But then, like, it's slowly paring down to, like, mm-hmm. now with 5e, I'm introducing my kids to, to D&D with 5th edition. And mm-hmm. it's so it's so nice how fluid it is. And it just makes it to where, like, now I don't look at playing D&D as, like, as a chore, which, like, I hate to say that it, it was for a while, but it really was. So, like, are you currently – oh, no, you did mention before in one of your streams that you do – that you're in a campaign or at least were in a campaign recently yes. with, uh, with some other, uh, with some friends. So mm-hmm. like, wh- what was the setting for that campaign? Like, were you, were you playing Lobrilla the, the dwarf there as well? Or <laughs> no, um, this time around as I'm actually playing a tiefling monk. Ooh, fancy. Um, I even have my horns over here. Oh, uh, nice. Monk. There we yeah. go. Uh, supposed to be a mountain goat character. Nice. The, uh... Oh man, I I love playing with people that are good at role play because I'm I'm really good at the like the doing like the quippy NPC bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 
like playing with players that like will legitimately dive into role play is a lot of fun because you're like, oh man, I was not prepared for this amount of alliteration. Now, hold on, I gotta, I gotta like unlock the other half of my brain real fast. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, are you guys pretty deep into that campaign at this point? Yes, actually, I think we're gonna be close to episode 100. Wow! And I hope we get there by the end of the year. We were on, I think, 90 something last I checked. Wow, that's yeah. that is dedication. So then, so so I have to ask: Has there been any player deaths? No, I mean nobody has outright failed their death saves. We've had we've had players go down, obviously, but nobody's. Yeah. Um, we we have had one player that kind of got sent somewhere far away, and that person did need to roll a new character, but they uh, didn't die. Well, okay, that's that's always good. I. Uh... Mm. I, We're I, all I, prepared. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's like at any moment, this could happen. Like you just have that that backup character, especially after you get like you get like five or six sessions in, and like you you level up a couple times, and then you start to see how like the challenge rating is starting to go up on things, or like mm-hmm. traps are getting, you know, like your your DM's getting a little more like malevolent, as it were, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll this second character just on the end case. Just don't mind me over here. I'm just gonna. That's tell. true, though, because as you get higher level and the enemies get higher level, they get more abilities, and plus, uh, you know, DMs want things to be exciting, and I can totally understand that. And exciting means it has to be tough for us. Tough and dangerous. <laughs> tough and dangerous. That is the uh, that is the the DM motto. It's like if I'm not challenging you, is it fun? It's like yes, yeah, sometimes winning is just fun. <laughs> like you could not make all these life or death. That's something I had to learn as a DM was like, not everything needs to be, you know, the final battle at Evangelion. Like sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like where the, where the world just gets split in two and like freaking, you know, reality is warped or, or whatever. Like sometimes it can just be like, Hey, there's two, there's two thieves in a alleyway and they're trying to, they're trying to mug you cause you're in the wrong part of town. It's like, I punch him in the face. All right, cool. You defeated him. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes it can just be as simple as that. Like you got to give your players the little wins. That's good. You mean it isn't all life or death? <laughs> no. Apocalypse is <laughs> around every corner. Beware. <laughs> your player, your character could die at any moment. Now let's uh, go into this nice happy town. Yeah, exactly. Else. What's wrong with it? It's yeah, exactly. It's like wait, there's a nice cult. happy town of what? <laughs> there's a cult here, isn't there? No, there's no cult. It's like scrubbing out something out in their notes. <laughs> my favorite my favorite reaction is whenever you're sitting there and like they're like yeah i'm gonna go into this room it's like which one the second door on the left okay all right i open the door cool roll initiative and they're like wait what <laughs> that look of like what's going on i don't know you didn't check the door third door third door <laughs> i'm in third that's good so then okay so i think i'm gonna round this out with the most important question i can ask you in this entire interview, please tell me about your dogs. <laughs> my dogs. Okay, so um, my dogs are both greyhounds. I rescued them from a greyhound group. They're both former uh, racers. Uh, Florida outlawed greyhound race- racing around 2020. So um, I got them both before that. My boy dog is 11. He, he was a, a champion. 
Nice. <laughs> he, he he was also kennel favorite, so he's very he was he's he's the one I, I joke he's like my show dog because he he's very like in your face and almost full of himself. And then the exact <laughs> opposite is the girl. She she's like timid and you know just kind of wants to. So what so what is it like own, what is it like taking a greyhound for a walk? Because I could imagine they just their natural inclination is they want to run. <laughs> That is one thing if you do get the dogs um, and they were on the track, they were trained to walk on leashes. So oh, okay. uh, they've mostly lost a lot of their good leash habits, I'm sure, over the years. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the boy dog will pull some, but they're fine. They're they're fine on leashes. Yeah. I. Uh, if they are scared, what you have to do is you have to put the leash around your wrist and mm -hmm. like double hold it. Because if they do become scared and they do try to run, um, if you just have the leash like in your hand, it'll pull right out and they'll be gone. So and they're you just know, you do bolting. take ba yes, yeah, so you do take basic precautions. Like I did have my girl like bumped a pole she wasn't expecting and tried to bolt on me, and luckily, like I said, I had my leash on there and mm -hmm. it pulled me, but I I held firm. <laughs> Just have to be prepared. Got, okay, guys, don't rip my arm out of its socket, please. So you have to just periodically be ready to just like plant your heels and like we're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's because yeah, like, they're not bad. They're they're lovely dogs. Greyhounds are. Oh no, I I have seen pictures. Yeah, I I have seen. I mean, one of your notifications is one of your dogs running across the the screen. So I've got that image. But then also a couple times on your on your stream, uh, I have seen your dogs. And then it's, it's always funny to me how like in my head, for some reason, greyhounds are bigger than what they are. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I get the mental image of like them and a, uh, and a great Dane mixed up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, but yes, they, they are, they are indeed lovely dogs. It's always funny when you're like, like you're in the middle of your stream and like you're playing something and you're talking to chat and all of a sudden you're like, Guys, I'll be right back. And then, like you, like you're gone for a second. You're like, all right, I had to take the had to take the kids outside. And that's funny, because I the the reason I asked about like their their tendencies and stuff like that is because I uh I had uh, adopted two Alaskan Malamutes, oh. and no one had told me about their just inherent need to pull things because they're they're sled dogs, and so like they want like if they get a harness of any type on them just naturally they're like okay i'm going to like plow this field now and sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes you're the plow and so <laughs> like i had to like early on train them like i essentially made like a, a like a, a a weighted sled for the mm -hmm. for the boy his name is lando and um like i had to like basically make a make a flat sled and like put a tire on it and be like all right buddy and like put him in the backyard and he would just drag that thing back and forth i'm like man i could have I could have set you up on a farm somewhere and just like had you just doing the field, save some guy a lot of money on diesel. But no, those dogs, like they just naturally wanted the pool. And so I've had, mm -hmm. I've had friends that have had like pretty quick dogs, you know, but then when, mm -hmm. you know, listen to your stream and you're talking about your dogs and find out they're greyhounds. So I was like, well, those dogs are literally meant for speed. So yes. I, I was always curious, like, man, I wonder what it's like walking those dogs. <laughs> So, like you said, your boy dog, he's 11 years old. He still have quite a bit of speed. Like, he's, he's still pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, built, they're built to run. I mean, you know, obviously, he, he can't. He gets winded a lot faster now. But Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at 11, he's, a, he's, in a, he's in his golden years now. He's, he's just mm -hmm. chilling out. That's when they become couch dogs. 
Well, yeah. Shoot, Brilla, this has been like honestly, this has been lovely. Again, you have been on my like I said on my short list of people that I wanted to talk to and bring on this show and just like you know get to know and just to kind of talk shop, but not talk shop. I always say that the whole point of this show is to not talk about video games, but it does inevitably lead back to video games at some point, you know. I think but, that's what brings a lot of us together in these spaces. So yeah. it's totally understandable. But it, it, it's also nice to, like I said, to get to know, like, I had no idea about the... <laughs> it's funny when you're like, yeah, I used to work with with, uh, with medical marijuana. And I'm like, huh. Didn't... Yep. Yeah. Is that... Like, <laughs> do you get that reaction a lot from people? It's like, oh, so, like, like what were you doing before? It's like, I used to, I used to uh, basically, you know, reformulate pot. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> no, it, it does get a lot of interesting comments, especially because of like my role within the lab. I was making a lot of this stuff. Like, obviously, we would get whatever it was from extraction, but like, you know, the the vapes. I would mix the oils and the terpenes, and I would make oh. the balms, and I would make the tinctures and all that stuff. So it was it was a, a really fun time. Wait a minute. So like, you were like a you're like a modern day apothecary. Oh my mm. god. <laughs> see now we like now we've added to the Lobrilla lore like now you can have like an entire like theme of like a witch like the like you got all like the stuff behind you and everything but everything just has like like subtle hints of like there's a pot leaf over here and like <laughs> <laughs> pot leaf cauldrons yes, yeah yeah and then it's <laughs> instead of like a bunch of glass vials are just like slightly different sizes of bongs like as it goes down there's a million different ways to play this oh my gosh Man, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, now the cogs are turning. But so I wanted to thank you very much, Liberal. I also did want to give you a chance, though, to, you know, to plug your stream, to let the people know, you know, what you got going on, when you're live, what you're doing, and, you know, all the things that you play and do. Sure, sure. Um, these days on Twitch, I'm a predominantly fighting game streamer. I still love retro. Retro will always be my heart. Um, so I like to play a lot of the retro fighting games. I play Darkstalkers. I play Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Um, you know, the Mortal Kombat 3. You know, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, and then on the weekends, I like to do a lot of the modern gaming. I'm super addicted to Street Fighter 6 right now. So there's a lot of that. That game is too going good. On. It, is, it is almost too good. It's like, it's like a mind worm that <laughs> like, can't I... stop playing Street Fighter 6. No, like for real, I have, I've had to like tell myself like, no, mm -hmm. do your homework first, then you can play Street Fighter. Like I, like I have to make it like a, I have to make it a, uh, like a reward at the end, you know, mm -hmm. it's, oh, it, it, it's way too good. But I'm actually really happy to see that you got into the game. Cause I was curious when it got announced, I was like, I wonder if Labrilla is going to play this game. And then when I saw that first stream of you playing, I was like, yes. I felt like it was very fortuitous. The game came out the day after my five-year stream anniversary. I was like, the gods are singing upon me. I should play <laughs> some Street Fighter VI. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm uh, just working on projects and trying to get stuff out. I currently stream um, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday and Thursday, I start around 6.30 and go until usually around like 9.30 to 11, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then Saturday, I start at 8.30 and go until I'm tired there, too. So. <laughs> Just go until the tank's empty. 
Mm, yes. Yeah, exactly. You got to power through. I there was a time where I was a lot, a lot of the streams I was watching. I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna make some coffee for this one, and like be sitting there <laughs> typing, and then eventually you get so wound up on coffee, you're like, wait, it's two in the morning. Okay, I'm out. Though Twitch will do that. Yeah, sure. it definitely will. Well, Labrilla, again, thank you very much for coming on. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to come on here, and for all of you out there that are interested to check out. Labrilla's streams. I will make sure to put a link to her Twitch channel down below and you can check out all the awesome stuff that she does over there when she is live. But I think that is going to do us here. Well, thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this is, that's the, that's the vibe I'm going for with this show. We're still in the nascent uh, period for this thing. It's, you know, we're only six episodes deep thus far. And uh, I, I feel like now I kind of have my feet under me as far as, you know, I'm not a professional interviewer yet, but uh, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm getting the getting the groove. So I'm, I'm glad that you had a good time. And again, can't thank you enough for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. But with that, we are going to call it a day. Thank you all very much for watching. Have yourselves a wonderful week. Uh, bye bye.